0: Hey everybody, I'm so excited to share with you a return guest on the podcast today. My guest is Josephine Atlery, and she is coming on today to talk about meditation and mindfulness because she recently released a new book, The Mindfulness Journal for Parents, Prompts and Practices to Stay Calm, Present, and Connected. And you know how important it is and how much we talk about being present being mindful, being in control of our own emotions and our own faculties as we parent our kids. And so Josephine, who is a mom of seven, yep, she's newly mom of seven, she's going to talk about growing her family. She's going to talk about this new mindfulness journal and tips and resources to help us to all be more present with ourselves and with our kids, which I think we can all benefit from. So let's get to my conversation with Jo. Okay, great. All right. I'm so excited to be chatting with Josephine Atlery today. Hi, Josephine.
1: Hi. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I really am excited about our conversation today.
0: Yes, I'm excited too. Where am I speaking to you from?
1: I am in Los Angeles, which oddly, it's very gloomy today.
0: It is gloomy. I'm in Southern California as well. And it doesn't mean that it's cooler. It just means (laughs) that it's gloomier. yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, we tried to do an interview a couple like a year and a half ago, and I had some technical issues on my side, so I apologize for that. But I'm so excited to be chatting with you now because even more has happened for you, and you have some new things to share. So I think now's the perfect time, Joe. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, for people that don't know you yet, will you give a little background on yourself and your family?
1: Yeah, sure. So I um, am a mom of seven uh, with kids ranging in age from almost four months old, twin girls up to a 14-year-old, three sets of twins in there, and I am a mindfulness and meditation coach. I recently wrote a book called The Mindfulness Journal for Parents, and I have a podcast called Responding to Life, Talking Health, Fertility, and Parenthood.
0: Three That's sets of twins you just <laughs> you just slid in there you have three sets of twins and the last yeah. time you tried to speak you had five children so part of the new development is, Ta-da! A new set of twins. Holy, a holy! A new set of
1: twins and a book. <laughs> How
0: you you birthed a lot of things in the last eighteen months? Congra- yes. Congratulations! I also Thank have you. have a new baby since then. Um, I have a five month old, but I only got one. Oh, yay! Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So fun. So let's kind of like rewind a little bit to the beginning of motherhood for you. I know that there were some challenges in in growing your family. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Do we knew me, going yeah in, tell
0: me about that. Um,
1: we knew going into it that we would have to pursue assisted reproductive therapy. Um, so we went straight into IVF. We did that for a number of years. It never did work out. And then... Switching facilities, finally became pregnant, only to lose the twins in the second trimester. And Mm -hmm. it was at that point that I really had the opportunity not only to grieve, but to really pause and be honest with myself and really face the reality that I was exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally, and that we couldn't do this again. And so we, we knew that there were many paths to parenthood, and we were willing, we were ready and able to do it. And so it was at that moment we decided to pivot to international adoption. And a year later, on a very short program, which is um, not very typical for international, mm-hmm. we adopted our son from Kazakhstan. And it felt like, you know, it felt like the the fog had been lifted from outside here. And it's like, you know, the fog has been lifted. And And then after parenting for about a year, we then decided to try IVF one more time, which is how I ended up becoming pregnant with twins that I carried successfully. And so all of a sudden, now we're a family of three, and we had frozen embryos saved up because of that procedure. And because of all the like the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into it, we couldn't just leave them there, but I couldn't carry again. So, you know, we saved that for five years. That's how long it took uh, mm-hmm. to finally pursue surrogacy partnered with this amazing woman she carried um boy twins for us and then uh many just more recently uh, with our very last embryos we partnered with a different surrogate who carried girl twins for us and so that's how we grew by multiples and became a family of seven and i you know i i lovingly joke that it is because of the children that i went into this career of mindfulness and meditation because I'm constantly surrounded by chaos and I needed to be that calm center point and model that as well for my children. And so that's why we're here today. And, you know, people are always asking me like, how do you stay so chill and relaxed with all of the stuff that you were dealing with? And so I finally decided, you know what, let's just put pen to paper and give everyone some helpful actionable tips And that's how
0: the the book came about. Hey, everyone. I wanted to jump in and thank the show sponsor that is very appropriate for this topic we're covering today. And that is Mama Zen. I want you to do a little personal check in right now. How are you doing? How are you feeling in your motherhood? Have you been as patient as you want to be? Are you having sleep issues? Are your kids dealing with any challenging behaviors right now? I know that we all go through seasons of different challenges, and that is why Mama Zen is so fantastic, because this app can help you to address the types of issues that you are facing right this second. I mean, literally, it's a total game changer for moms to help us to address our mental well-being. There's no reason to neglect that, and we can't possibly show up for our kids well if we are not taking care of ourselves, The Mama Zen app gives you access to over 150 sessions that are just two to 15 minutes long. You can use them at your own pace, in your own time, and what I love is that you can go on the app, Mama Zen, and you can literally search for whatever you're dealing with. If you wanna reduce mom guilt, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling impatient, find a session that is either an emergency session or a mind power session And you will find something that will help you to process those feelings on the spot. It really is so incredible. The Mama Zen app will really help you to reframe your negative emotions and actually have a positive mindset. You can deal with your kids' difficult behavior or your own issues that you are facing. So whether you're pregnant, a mom with young kids, or older kids, Mama Zen is Perfect for every mom at every stage, and they actually have you take a quiz to actually get to know you so that your mind power sessions are tailored directly for you. I really want you to try the Mama Zen app and see for yourself how much better you can feel as a mom. Go to your app store and download Mama Zen today. That's M-A-M-A-Z-E-N. And you right now you can use the promo code E E P and that code. Well, unlock your 30-day free trial so you can try Mama Zen for yourself and you can see how much better and happier you can feel as a mom. They are the number one mindful parenting app for a good reason. I cannot wait for you to try it. Use it before you lose it. Now let's get back to my conversation with joe and, and that's the thing. When people look at certain individuals and think, well, they just are naturally more, you know, self-aware or Zen or calm or things like that, you might think that mindfulness or meditation or different practices, it feels a little bit bit more out of reach, but that's simply not true. It's just simply a practice. And that's what you're so passionate about teaching all kinds of individuals. Without a doubt, your life experience has really influenced your own perspective on these really helpful practices. And so I'm curious for you when you are suffering these these losses and you're really changing course quite a bit going from I want to grow my family myself to I don't know if I can do this again to I'm, I can't do this again to adopting all these different pivots. How did you not give up? How did you maintain a perspective that if your vision was a large family, that
1: was attainable,
0: even if it was going to look different or take longer or whatever?
1: Yes. No, that's a great question. I get asked this not uh, often, not just about the kids and fertility, but also like, <coughs> excuse me, career-wise. Yeah. Um And I think one of the the key points that I took away from reflecting on my own journey is one of them was flexibility, which I mentioned in the ability to pivot from, you know, doing IVF to now deciding to do um, adoption. And I know that you know, I can say flexibility, but that also really comes with ability to be able to do something like that. So that's, I don't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. I know that many people can't pivot to something like that. I mean, IVF itself is already very costly. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being able, I guess what I'm trying to say is that having the mindset that things aren't so set in one way, and if you open yourself up to the possibility that there are other ways of doing something and achieving something, it takes one, it takes out so much stress from mm-hmm. trying to achieve that end goal. Um, but then it also, like I said, opens up the, so many other options and possibilities for you, whether that's a break and then just going back to IVF because you you know, you know don't want to do other things or can't afford to do other things. Um or if it is pivoting Mm -hmm. direction altogether or, or even making that hard decision that, you know what, which many clients of mine have had to do of deciding, okay, we will just not, we just will not, we'll go through life and we'll have a different direction of not being parents and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, flexibility is key in any type of willingness to grow and to change. Um, and so I think that's my biggest takeaway from all of that.
0: Yeah, that's a really powerful takeaway. And you can apply that to any facet of your life. And certainly, um, you know, this last year we've all had to, you know, be more flexible and whatnot. And while You know, there's definitely sacrifice involved with flexibility and giving up certain aspects of a vision or an outcome or fill in the blank. There's also pros that come with that. And I would venture to say if you were personally carrying twins for the last 18 months, you know, over the last 18 months, perhaps the book would have been more challenging to come to fruition. But to be able to do those two things simultaneously and and get that benefit of both. There's there's a silver lining right there, but certainly that, that took some flexibility to get to that place where, okay, I am able to do this because I've been able to expand my mind into how this could be possible. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then just one other note about giving up because um, it's not to say that I don't feel that I have moments where I want to give up. I certainly do. I, I even posted about it on like my IG story on Monday where you just sometimes just feel defeated. And I have felt that way over the course of my life with different things that have happened. But there's just something about what happens. I guess my technique. People are always asking for, like, what's the, what's the secret of not giving up? Like, what are your steps? And for me... I, It's hard to explain, like, that feeling that I have of, like, I just know that something can happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. But I know that giving up right now isn't really the best path to follow. Mm -hmm. And that I should just keep trying and seeing how it will evolve. And that's where the flexibility comes in. But, But what I'm making a point about is that, I do give myself those moments where I just allow myself to feel that way because brushing aside your emotions and not acknowledging them is detrimental to you, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're all human and we have these feelings and it's okay to have these feelings, right? To, it's okay to live in that, you know, moment of despair or that feeling that you just can't keep doing what you're trying to do. Um, but then after giving yourself that moment, then returning back to however it is that you can return back and return back to the present and ground yourself and using those strategies to help you try again.
0: Mm. That is so good. And that is so accessible for all of us. And, but there's a lot of different techniques to get us back to that present moment, Mm -hmm. right? Which, which is what we're going to kind of talk about today. What you, you help help people with all the time. And so, you people might think you have seven kids you have twins that are four months old like lots of noise lots of go 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 lots of dividing your attention so it's kind of the opposite of mindfulness could like go out the window being present could absolutely go out the window and you'd have every excuse in the book right that you could
1: that you could
0: employ right But instead you've chosen to prioritize that so tell me and for the listeners listening who aren't as familiar with mindfulness, what is mindfulness, and what does it mean in the context of a life that is very, very busy, loud, and your attention is very divided?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, no, I love this question. You don't have to have seven kids to feel that way, but the way yeah. um, you can totally feel it with one child, and um, so anyway, so to explain what mindfulness is, it's the simplest way I like to put it is it's awareness. It's uh, an awareness of how you're feeling in the present moment, whether that's physically or mentally, emotionally, it is an awareness of your environment, um, like actual things happening around you. And it's also an awareness of your interactions and relationships with other people in the moment. So what I like to say is that, mindfulness can serve as the foundation for your entire life. Like if you have that as the basis and then everything else is on top of it, mindfulness can touch upon every other thing in your life. So for example, you can be mindful when you're eating, you can be mindful when you're, when you're trying to get ready for bed, you can be mindful when you're working, you can be mindful as a parent. And the thing is you can ascribe to any sort of um, theory or, you know, lifestyle or parenting modeling um, and sort of layer mindfulness underneath it so that it's more effective and more beneficial because all it is is just being more present, being more aware of what's happening. Hmm. So you can imagine that if you're, you're doing that and then say you're trying to do positive parenting, well, you're better able to do positive parenting because now you're tuned in to what's happening, right? Right. So... So that's how I like to put it. It's not some big thing that you have to learn because I know as parents, we're super busy. There's not enough time to pick up a a huge book and then figure out how our life is supposed to, how we're supposed to alter our entire lives to fit this in. It's not realistic. And that's why with the book, I tried to make it as simple as possible, something where you can flip to any page and read a prompt that will put a question in your mind uh, and make you think like, May and perhaps bring up a question you had never even thought of Mm -hmm. so you know for me a lot of mindfulness there's just so many different applications but one of the biggest things that I think the easiest entry point for people is simply this ability to ask yourself a question because it allows you to just evaluate like what are you doing in this moment and why are you doing it and how does it affect myself and my relationship with other people so an example Mm -hmm. would be um, you know, triggers, right? You wake up in the morning and like within the first hour, you're already upset. So many of us, because we're so busy, whatever, we can just keep going on with it, just deal with it and just write it off as we woke up on the wrong side of the bed, right? Mm-hmm. But if you take like mindfulness and apply it to the situation, what you're trying to do is in the back of your mind, you have this question, just sort of floating around and, um, allows you to think like, well, what happened right from the moment I woke up, you know, what could have caused this? Or maybe what did I do yesterday? What happened yesterday that may have affected the way I woke up? So was it, was I, you know, did I sleep too late? Did I, um, did I wake up like, you know, and got into some conversation that triggered me. So it's really, it's an exploration and it requires you to take a deep dive, but it doesn't necessarily require you to like take big moments and chunks out of your day, which as busy parents, we don't really have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a sort of a living example of how um, you can step right into this um, mindfulness approach without, you know, having to learn so many different things at first.
0: Hey everyone, I want to thank our last show sponsor, and that is Parent Educate. So this is such a fantastic resource for parents who are looking to have more systematic knowledge. Did you ever feel a little overwhelmed when you went to the hospital to have your baby? You had your baby, and then they just sent you home. And it's like, don't you want to ask me any more questions like to check that I know what I'm doing? did you feel like that i totally did especially with my first and as they've grown up i constantly kind of question like am i equipped for this and in every other job there is systematic knowledge and courses you can take in order to master whatever job you're doing parenthood should be no different and that is why ParentEducate.com is the go-to provider for research-based online parenting courses. So they've taken the courses that early childhood development majors and education majors that they take and have adapted them for parents wanting this kind of knowledge. They cover a variety of topics including behavior, development, nutrition, play safety, and more. They have such a wide library of classes that you can take. There's 80 plus engaging online classes and literally each online course only takes 20 to 30 minutes. Every course is available on your own timeline and so you can log in and out of parenteducate.com. You can complete the coursework at any time and depending upon what you're going through or what you're interested in learning more about... And I actually think this would be a fantastic gift for new parents as well. Or if you're interested, check it out. ParentEducate.com is offering 20% off a one-month subscription for listeners of the show at ParentEducate.com and enter coupon code EEP at checkout. Don't feel stressed or overwhelmed or ill-equipped for any aspect of motherhood. Go ahead and check out ParentEducate.com and use code EEP. I was on Instagram the other night and I was watching someone wash their face and the weirdest emotion came up in me that I was feeling jealous and I'm like why on earth would I be feeling jealous of somebody washing their face but they looked like they were just taking time for themselves and they were enjoying the process so much and it made me wonder like why don't I take that time for myself? I could Uh absolutely take 30 more seconds to take in what I am doing, to slow it down just slightly. It doesn't need to be a whole like, I don't need to go out to the store and buy a different soap and buy my soap. No, it's just about feeling the water, smelling the soap, rubbing the skin. Like, it's just changing that intention. And that's what you're talking about. It's not adding another thing on your to-do list it's about when you're eating that food, taking in that sensation and and that moment and enjoying it and feeling grateful yeah. for it and and having joy in that and washing your face and you talk about in your journal um in the intro part talking about watching your kids. And I can't tell you Joe how many times I am my eyes are on my kids, but I'm not actually taking in what they're doing. Wow. And mm-hmm. If I'm sitting there, why wouldn't I just click in, tap in to their emotions, to their joy, so that I might feel of that too instead of just kind of sitting there benignly? Like I'm missing, mm-hmm. I'm missing it, but I'm there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so crazy that we can be there but not be there?
1: Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, that's why? My, Is that I so hard? That actually, that's what led me to realize that there was something missing. Like I had been working in um, the health um, industry mm-hmm. and I felt like my my like my like nutrition was on point, my fitness was on point, but there was something else missing. And I realized it was my mental and emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And it was that example right there that you talked about, which is my aha moment, where I was sitting with my, then the boys, that's when boys were, They were a year old, not even, and I would like at the end of the day, I would reflect and I wouldn't remember, I would remember being there physically, Mm. but I wouldn't remember what happened Mm. and I wouldn't remember like their smiles and everything like that. And it, just crushed me because here I was thinking that yes I'm able to do this like I'm able to work I'm able to be with them but I wasn't really being with them because yes physically I was there but my mind was elsewhere I was thinking about a work email I was thinking about the groceries that I had to to purchase and it was at that point that I realized you know something has to change here so that I don't miss this I have worked we my husband and I have worked so hard to create this family like years and years of all this these treatments and I'm just letting it slip through my fingers and so I find I'm you know everyone I've spoken to about this book that particular um, exercise mm-hmm. really resonates with everyone and you know it it talks to the point that there's just so much going on in life right now and we're constantly inundated with all these different things all these different media all these different resources that are available to us and so it's really hard be in the moment but you know taking that first step of opening up awareness and sort of committing to it of just like every day trying to do something simple Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be a big thing so it could be like you said in that in that exercise example something as simple as looking at your kids having fun and if you just do that for even if it's just a minute and you just witness the smiles on their face, how they're like playing and you're not even having, you don't even have to interact with them. You just watch from afar. I mean, chances are that joy that you see them having will instantly come into your being and, and make, and make it fill you up with happiness and gratitude for that moment, for being a parent, for the fact that your child is happy, just so many different things. And it can be something as little as that.
0: Mm, That's so good. And I would venture to say, and you talk about this in your book, that it influences our relationships, doesn't it? Our kids can tell, even if they're not verbalizing it, when they know mom is tapped in to the relationship or tapped out of the experience, right? Mm, And how mm -hmm, does it influence our relationships when we are working towards being more mindful
1: in our interactions? Yes, so it totally enhances it. And you're right. The kids... I mean, even from the littlest ones, when they can't even verbalize it and and sort of throw it back at your face like, oh, you're not paying attention Mm -hmm. (laughs) to like the older ones, um, it really does affect them because they're constantly watching us. They're watching what we're doing and they're taking cues, not just for um, like what you're doing with them and interacting with them, but also how they're supposed to act in their own lives and how they're supposed to respond to the challenges that they face. And so when you're able to take a moment, and I'm not even talking an hour, even if it's just five minutes, where you decide, okay, I am going to be present with my child for the next five minutes. Like that for them, it makes such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You know, having your undivided attention for those five minutes where you're just offering a safe space for them and allowing them to be heard and allowing them to express themselves and know that uh, you're mindfully listening and that you're very conscious about the way that you're communicating with them, it it is huge for them. It brings them joy, but then it also shows them that you are someone that they can trust, that you are someone that they can go to, um, not just in those happy moments, but also in the moments when they're having big emotions, when they're feeling sad or worried about something. And at the end of the day, if you think about yourself, you can empathize with them because mm-hmm. we all, even as adults, just want to be heard. We want to be able to express ourselves and have a place or a person that we can go to to be able to do that. And so, um, mindfulness I mean, it touches upon everything, but that empathy key is really what will enhance your relationship with your child. Because if you can bring yourself down to what is it that they're feeling, what is it that they need in this moment, then you can you can be open to giving that to them versus as parents I think we always are trying to problem solve and so we're always thinking okay what is it that they really need but it's coming from our perspective versus their perspective so you know perspective taking and empathy and um, giving them a few minutes um, every now and then to be able to express themselves and have a safe space. All of that, all of that put together, even individually, will completely enhance your relationship with your child.
0: Yeah. Well, what really stood out about what you just said was, of course, the relationship and them feeling kind of valued by you is enhanced. But that that piece that you mentioned about modeling… We talk so much on the show about modeling behavior and helpful practices, and you are so right that when we're modeling that mindfulness for our kids, they are learning those techniques from a young age. Even if we're not telling them, this is what mindfulness is, this is how you do mindfulness, they're going to pick up on that from our behavior.
1: That's huge. Yes, it totally is. And it it can happen from even when they're as little as – You know, one or two, um, and when they're not completely able to verbalize um, and and sort of have a conversation with us about what mindfulness is, it's simply by watching us how and how we respond to challenges. So, for example, like um, even up to my fourteen-year-old, with him, I'm able to actually share and have a conversation with him, and I'll be very pointed about offering opportunities where he can see me going through challenges and how I navigate it. So for example, the other day, I felt anxious about COVID because who doesn't, right? But (laughs) but for one particular case, because I was feeling anxious about it. And so I, you know, it was just me and him uh, in a rare occasion. And I shared with him like, you know what, I am feeling worried about this. And it was a beautiful moment because I shared it with him. And then I asked him to share with me how he was feeling about something about a worry that he had. And, and then we went through an exercise called, so what? Mm -hmm. So we, we looked at the facts and we challenged like, okay, well, worst case scenario, what would happen if this worry came true? And, and then we both took turns and then we both said, well, so what if that happened? What would be like the worst thing? And so we went through this process and it was magical to me because we were able to In this moment where we were consciously connecting, we were communicating mindfully, and we were both helping each other out with anxiety and teaching him ways to to be able to handle it himself. And so, you know, that's a 14-year-old, but with Mm -hmm. my little ones, all I have to do is just show them that I'm breathing. So, you know, when I read them stories at night, when they go to bed, before we go to bed, I ask them to join me in, like, taking a few deep breaths so we can get settled for bed. And it's just something as little as that. And so that way, when they are in a state, when they have bigger emotions and they don't necessarily, they can't necessarily process anything that we're saying because they're just so in the moment, they can remember that technique of taking a deep breath with me and we can just do it together and it's helpful to them.
0: I love that. So I find it really interesting that you chose to create this mindfulness journal for parents in a journal format. You could have written a book, like a general book about how to do it or whatever, but you chose a journal, and I'm sure that was very intentional. Why do you think we should journal about mindfulness? Why respond to these prompts?
1: Why did you choose that format? Yeah, no, this is a great question. Um, So here's the thing, and I mentioned it before. We're super busy as parents, and who has the time? I know I certainly don't. Um, you're so lucky. Be grateful if you are able to read books. I wish I did. <laughs> but I just didn't feel like it would benefit people if it were this sort of lengthy process. What I was hoping for and what I was trying to mimic was a relationship that I have with my best mom friend. And with her, we're both so busy that if we're coming through with some sort of situation or issue and we wanted a sounding board or wanted some quick advice, I literally just have to text her and let her know what's happening. And then I know that I'll get good feedback back. And so that's what I was trying to mimic with this journal. You literally can just open up a page and it's like you're hearing a friend ask you a question, a question about, okay, like tantrums, you know, or, or validation. Um, and telling your child that i I hear that you're feeling sad or I hear that you're you're frustrated, and so for me, it would be the most um, helpful to parents if they could quickly get something immediately out of the book. and so that was the hope, and that was the reason for sort of the journal format. And I myself and clients have found that when they actually go through the process of putting pen to paper, so much more stuff can come out. I mean, it it, it is amazing what will get written when you just take that moment and that you would not have even realized is in the back of your mind. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I challenge people to do that. And if that, if you can't if you don't have the time to write it down, even like doing a voice memo and answering those questions or um, following the exercises, but just having that question in the back of your mind, much like, you know, a song you heard on the radio, it it gives you that extra push to infuse mindful awareness into your day.
0: Mm. That is so good. And this would make a fantastic gift as well. If, you know, definitely something for you. And if your best friend is doing it with you as well, kind of, you know, having those questions to create conversations between the two two of you, I think would be a really powerful relationship builder. So we've talked about, you know, breathing with your kids to kind of settle in at the end of the day into bed. We've talked about, having really present conversations, the so what exercise, taking something through a worry or concern all the way through what's the worst thing that could happen. And if it did, so what's next? So then what? Are we still living? Are we still okay? Even if still. Is there any other example of a technique that we could give the listener today if they're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, I don't know why anybody would feel that right now, but (laughs) (laughs) these are just such common sentiments as, as parents, but any other takeaways that we can give them that they can, you know, work on today?
1: Yeah. Aside from, you know, those journal prompts, my other go-to is to do breathing techniques. And the reason that I love breathing techniques is twofold. One, because it moves you like, scientifically it moves you from that triggered state of fight or flight which is what happens when we feel like our lives are in danger it's no longer a bear that's attacking us now it could be something as innocuous as an email that triggers us and all of a sudden we're feeling hot our heart is racing um so we're in fight or flight if you infuse a breathing technique into that you're manually slowing down your breath and what you're doing is you're sending a signal to your brain that you are no longer in that fight or flight state. And instead you're moving to rest or digest, that's what it's called. Rest or digest, uh, rest and digest. Because, um, when you're in a state of stress or fight or flight, many systems in your body get shut off. One of which is your digestive system because it's not, it's not a priority for survival. So moving yourself through a slower breath is really you taking, um, control of that situation And moving yourself into a state of calm, which we all have inside of us. And then the other benefit of breathing technique is that it allows you to ground in the present moment. So if you're counting your breath, for example, whatever manipulation it is, you're unable to really think about all the things that got messed up maybe this morning as you're getting ready for school. Or all of the things on your endless to-do list that you have to get to in the future. Instead, if you're just counting You're in that present moment. So there's two like powerful reasons to do a breathing technique. So one that you can take away with you today is one of my favorites. It's a letting go one. So when you exhale, what you would do is inhale for a count of four seconds. And then when you exhale, double it. Count for eight seconds or whatever number that you want to do, whether it's three and six, whatever feels good to you. But do that for like five times. And you'll instantly feel calmer because of those two reasons. And the extra bonus of having that exhale be longer is when you're exhaling, you can almost visualize yourself blowing out that stress, blowing out anything that doesn't serve you anymore, anything that you don't need to hold on to. Just let it go. So when you're exhaling out, just remind yourself, I'm letting go of this stuff that is not... Um, this doesn't make me feel good and it's weighing me down mm. so give
0: that a try love love that I feel like so many things when we want to make improvements in our lives the next step feels really hard and daunting. I'm on board if you just mm. tell me to like breathe like I can do that <laughs> but it really <laughs> as you were talking I was I was starting to do it and it just reminded me like when's the last time I acknowledged my body working? for me without me even thinking about it, you know, and it just almost brought tears to my eyes. And it's just like, how, how can breathing even do that? Like it is just, and it's so simple. You don't need to be strong. You don't need to be fit. You don't need to be fully healthy. You know, like you, you can write this second. You can do it in the car. You can do it with your eyes open, closed, whatever. And like you said, in 20 seconds or less, this can kind of just regulate things. Mm-hmm. right and yeah and we can all do the beauty that. is
1: you have your breath with you all the yeah time. it's easily accessible yeah. you don't have to have anything like you said you could do it in the car when you're sitting in traffic and getting upset you can even do it as your child is like having an, a yes. tantrum yes you know that's one of the things that i do so that i can respond in that moment in a more in a calmer way with clarity is if i have to bring myself into a commerce space. So you don't have to go away and meditate. I mean, I love meditating, but if you need something in a pinch, this is it. Right. Absolutely. Oh,
0: I love that so much. Okay, Josephine, this is fantastic. I want everyone to get your journal and this would be, like I said, such a fantastic gift. So many times I feel like we give gifts that are just kind of like one more thing that somebody doesn't actually need. And this is just (laughs) really a gift that keeps on giving. So where can people find the mindfulness journal, find more about you. And then you also have a companion course that goes with this. So tell us where we can
1: find you. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. So you can purchase the book itself on Amazon. It's the mindfulness journal for parents. If you, I created an online companion course that goes with it. So it's essentially videos that walk you through the exercises that are in the book. So if you feel nervous about trying like a breathing exercise, then I actually guide you through it. Mm. Uh, if you want to get that bundle, you can get it at mindfulparentclass.com, and I believe I gave you a discount that you can put in the show notes if you get the bundle. And mm. you can also follow me on Instagram at Josephine R at Lurie, where I offer daily tips on mindfulness for parents, and um, my podcast, which is called Responding to Life, Talking Health, Fertility, and and Parenthood. So I'd love to connect you, uh, with all of you in any of those capacities.
0: I love that your story has so many components to it, but there's just this thread all the way through and really these tools, um, and practices that you're talking about are what has kept you and guided you through all of these different parts of your story. I think that is so powerful, Joe. Well, I always ask my guests one final question and it's this, what would you tell your pre motherhood self?
1: Mm, oh my god! I love these like introspective questions. It's like I'm doing a journal entry. <laughs> uh, well, You know what? This is what I would tell myself. Uh, I would remind myself that I am an individual outside of motherhood, and so that means that if I need rest, if I need anything to nourish myself, that I need to prioritize that because there's no way that I can be wear that hat. And fulfill that role of being a parent if i can't do that for myself first mm.
0: yeah we can, we can forget that we can we can take ourselves off the list without even realizing it but as long as in your list of to-dos and list of people to take care of you're on it that's the first step that's that's uh the first step in the right direction. Josephine, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for the practical tips. And I hope everyone will will check you out and start employing more mindfulness in their life.
1: Thank you so much. It's such a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful day.
0: So many times I think we hear that we should put ourselves on the list. We should take care of ourselves. But when you are in the trenches of motherhood, you even wonder, like, what does that even look like for me? Like, what do I enjoy? What would feel restorative? And it's going to be different for everyone. However, I will tell you 100% of women would benefit from having some type of mindfulness, meditative practice in their life. So, whether it's turning on Mama Zen app and doing a mind power session or whether it's journaling in this mindfulness journal that Joe has created, whether it is going for a walk outside and doing breathing techniques or sitting in your room on your bed and doing breathing. It's good. Those types of practices will benefit all of us universally and they don't take a lot of time and they don't take money. Right? I mean, aside from purchasing the journal, but you're supporting a fellow mom, so that's fantastic. So, if you're wondering what to give yourself for Christmas or what to tell people to get you for Christmas, maybe getting a journal like this would be the greatest gift you could give yourself. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I'm going to link everywhere you can find Josephine at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. Check her out. She's so, so wonderful. And I mean, if she can do three sets of twins, you can do anything, right? If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you could do that at Jessica Dawkwist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.